Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome. I'm so pleased that you have joined us. My name is Rhonda Grant, and you may access all of my podcasts at rondagrantauthor.com. The gorgeous theme song for the Rhonda Grant show that you're listening to is Sun on the Water, composed by my guest today, John Park Wheeler. John is a Canadian guitarist who has worn many hats in his career as a session musician, arranger, producer, writer as a sideman for internationally touring acts, as a band member. He has recorded children's music in both English and French, gospel, country, folk, contemporary, rock, pretty much every style. He has written dozens of songs for various artists, recording projects. In recent years, he has recorded and released two albums of solo guitar music. The first First one, Reverie, being a mixture of original and non-original music on acoustic and electric guitars, and the more recent project, The Persistent of Trees, entirely original fingerstyle acoustic instrumental. Among the artists that John has written and or recorded with are Susanna Bluecart, Tom Jackson, The Arrogant Worms, Suzanne Pinnell, Colleen Peterson, George Fox, Wayne Rostad, and a great many others. He is a two-time recipient of the American Indian Film Institute Song of the Year Award, having co-written with Tom Jackson and Tujat. He shares production honors for the Juno awarded to Arctic Rose. He has two ECMA awards for his work with Halifax Sons of Maxwell. He has numerous citations and nominations from the CCMA, inductee to the Ottawa Valley Country Music Hall of Fame. Thank you for joining me, John. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. For my very first interview on the Rhonda Grant Show, and I'm so pleased that you were here. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And how are you doing? I'm I'm fine. It's a beautiful winter afternoon. Mm-hmm. And really, there's no better place to be, I don't think, than exactly where I am right now, or in your case, exactly where you are, <laughs> which is which is in this country, <laughs> which is a great place to be. It sure is. It sure is. Of all the work that you've done, uh, John, over the years, is there anything that has st- Stood out as one of the most favorite things that you do with music. Oh, good heavens! Um, there, there are so many favorite things about it. Among those things would be taking a like a guitar vocal demo and creating an arrangement for it, then recording that with the with the artist and bringing it to a place where they really didn't think it could be. Um, I love in the world of production being able to, as I think of it, hold a mirror up to whoever it is that the artist happens to be and show them what they really are, how they really sound and how good they really are. Wonderful. Uh, because in, yeah, in this line of work, uh, there's, there's so much insecurity and uh, it, it's, it's just such a fantastic feeling to say, see this, hear this, this is who you are. Um, that is the thing I love. Um, I really, there are so many things that are different. I love composing uh, entirely original music, um, which for me is an entirely different process than, than arranging or, or writing to a format or writing for a particular thing. Um, and composing... How- yeah, mm-hmm. so when you compose, and I mean, um, we're, we're working together right now where you're composing for the meditations that are on uh, my website, rondagrantauthor.com. Mm-hmm. And you've also recently, uh, within the last few days, composed 
Sun on the Water, which is my theme song for the Ron DeGrant show. And as an artist, is it something that you, it just comes to you uh, in your head or is it seem to be out in a field where you've got to draw it to you? How, how is it that you create this music? Well, um, I feel like a participant in it rather than, than the creator as such. It involves sitting down um, with a guitar and noodling away and noodle, noodle, noodle and um, sublimating ego, just making, making that all go away, losing oh. myself in the, in the instrument altogether. Yes. So yes. that there really isn't any sense of this is me with a guitar anymore. This is just something. This is uh, this is a mm. this is me and the guitar and and the universe and everything else. And then, if I'm really lucky and I'm paying attention, um, I get I get an idea. But the idea feels like something that I just spot out of the corner of my eye um with like the curtains of the universe just open up just for the briefest second and i get a little glimpse of something oh my and and there is that's the the germ of the idea is that and uh or think of it as being a seed and then what i have to do is nurture that seed um which is a really interesting process because I get a thing. I get a, even if it's just like one phrase, um, that's what I get. And then I have to find the things that fit with it because you don't get given, I, at least me, I don't get given the whole thing. I get here, here's your hint. Here's your clue. Okay. Um, no, you have to go and find the rest of it, but you're not allowed to cheat. You can't just make something up that fits. It has to be the thing that fits, right? Because, yes. um, because if it's not that, then it's just, it doesn't have that feeling of authenticity to me. Uh, and what this means is that I'll spend a really, really long time on one piece um, and trying little bits of this and that that happen to come to me. And if, it, if it's the right bit, it stays. If it's not the right bit, I know it and it doesn't. Um, a thing that I realized a couple of years ago when I was working on the persistence of trees um, was that I could work on a piece for weeks, months, and um, play it over and over and over again, looking for the rest of it, and never get bored with it, or tired, or frustrated, wow. it, which is really kind of interesting because I yes. think about other kinds of work where it wouldn't be like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, it's part of the process. You have to, I have to um, pay attention and listen and make sure that I'm doing it right and, and go into it with the attitude of this is going to happen eventually rather than I suck. Oh, and yes. I'm never going to be able to finish this, right? Yeah. Now, uh, is there a time when you um, when you have when you're composing music? Like, do you record it just in case you miss it or want to recall it if you keep on going with it? Let's say and 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 lay down a whole verse, or do you have the ability to just remember what you've done and be able to rec and recreate it again? Like, just play it again. Interesting question, and no, I don't record it. I remember okay. it, and and if I don't remember it, it's because I wasn't supposed to, because it wasn't okay. good enough to remember. Right. Um, and but otherwise, otherwise, I have generally a bunch of um, partially completed things rolling around in my head, and uh, and I will pick up and resume with one, even if I'm playing the same 10 seconds of it over and over again and noodling away and getting lost in it. Um, it's, it, that's how that, this process is for me anyway. Yes. Um, um, I think it was probably quite a bit different for Mozart or Beethoven or, you know, for other, other composers and writers where bang, the, the whole thing just appears. 
Um, but for me, it's um, for me, it's it's a very organic process where, like I say, I get a seed, and then I nurture that seed. And with the guitars that you have, I mean, you have numerous guitars. I was um, blessed to play one 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 time. I don't know if you recall that. I think I played your Gibson, and I was fell right in love with it. Um, yeah, probably, I was just thinking about that. Yes, you probably, I don't know if you remember which one it was, but when you're composing a song, do you know which guitar that song or that that song is going to sound the best on? Or do you go through them and try them out to see? Or do you just have a feeling that would sound the best on and then whatever guitar that is? Well, um, they all sound pretty good. Yeah, um, bet, sure. Yeah. Some some of them sound better than others, but um, I I play in a lot of different tunings, and so with my about a half a dozen acoustic guitars, I've got them in different tunings for the most time, for the most part. Yes, and uh, which, if you don't play guitar, is is not really something I would expect you to understand. Mm -hmm. um, but different tunings give different flavors and different voicings and different inversions. And um, so they, they all suggest different things as I'm playing them. Um, and what I, what does happen is my hands will go and play something I wasn't intending to play. Uh, I'm just recalling, which is also an interesting part of it, where my ears and my hands communicate directly with each other and leave my brain out of it totally. Yeah, but there is a point when you are, um, you know, as talented as you are, is you're not really even thinking about that's a G or a D or an A or whatever. You're just playing because it becomes part of you, right? Yes, um, for the most part, yeah. I don't think in, in yeah. those terms anyway. I, I think more numerically than anything, but um, the best playing I ever do is when I simply stop thinking. Exactly. Um, thinking gets in the way of far too many things. And um, music is not a thing to be overthought. Uh, or to be thought about, it's meant to be experienced and 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 felt um, rather than thought about. Um, much like a, a beautiful evening is something to to be present in, rather than starting to define here are all the colors in the sunset and here are the here's the precise temperature of the air and here's the the various colors of green in the trees. Yes. Um, so being being present is certainly a big part of it. Just um, being sublimated within uh, the music, either as a listener or a player, um, mm -hmm. which is as it should be, I think, for me. Mm -hmm. And how has music changed how you how you work like in the last year or you know the last year or so has it changed oh good heavens yes um a year ago i was playing with um various acts um a full band um and another full band slash duo and another singer and going out and doing gigs, which felt like the most natural thing in the world to do. Um, mm -hmm. Both natural and wonderful too. I've never taken them for granted. Uh, and that's just gone away. There, it, It's the oddest thing that uh, about a year ago, every gig on earth disappeared. It was just, gone everybody every touring act every every bar yeah. every club every festival everything yes um and 
just you know, a great thundering halt to something that everybody really takes for granted, and that's the constant access to music. Um, it's interesting for me to note that as soon as things started being locked down and shut down, and people were staying at home and nobody was going anywhere to do anything, that among the first people to say, we need to be connected were musicians that started doing live streams. Yes. Um, for nothing, just for the love of music and for the need to, for the understanding that people need to connect and music is a thing through which we connect. And there are still all sorts of players doing that because there really still aren't all that many gigs for anybody. Um, and there was one album I was working on a year ago um, with the band I play with. Uh, we were working on the 12th of 12 songs for the album. The first 11 were finished. Wow. When suddenly, yeah, when suddenly the studio is closed because everything is closed. Yeah. And all of the ways that... Um, that I'd been used to doing recording just disappeared. Everybody pretty much was in the same boat where you couldn't go to a studio anymore to record. Um, and just in advance of that, um, a little over a year ago, I had been approached about writing theme music for a podcast. And I thought, maybe this is time to just get a recording program, learn how it works, learn multi-track recording at home, and start writing theme songs for podcasts. Imagine that. Yours wasn't even the first. Yeah. And and so that was uh, that was interesting. Um, I've got a fairly decent microphone and a preamp, and um, I've got plenty of instruments. Um, and so I. I was kind of ready for home recording, kind of, just with a laptop computer. And so when things got shut down, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll spread this out a bit. I started doing commission stuff like that. I think I did four podcast things and, uh, and several other pieces of original music I was commissioned to write for various other things and um and another album that i was working on uh and doing it all via what i could record at home and then the internet sending wave files around the planet isn't that amazing that we it, live in a time that this we can do this yeah um, it's it's astonishing. Uh, wave files are big files for people that don't know. They're way way bigger than the MP3s you listen to on a, on an iPod or on a phone. Um, but there was one album I worked on where everything was recorded in different places. Uh, the piano vocal was recorded one place. Um, the the other instruments were recorded in various other places. I did three instruments here everything got shipped via the internet to a guy in Portugal who added percussion and then mixed it. And that got sent to Chicago to uh, an engineer who mastered it. And then that got sent to Bangladesh to a guy that created a lyric video for it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, just amazing international stuff. Uh, so distance is, is not really a thing anymore as long as the internet continues to work. Um, and the, the sound quality, it should be pointed out, loses nothing. And that's because of the, the giant size of these files, um, the audio files that get sent around. Uh, and this for me has been um, both, a, this has been a salvation in a number of different ways. Um, one of which is getting to connect with other musicians and um, and be part of that synergy of musicians working together towards um, a, a product. Um, it's a tremendous feeling. Mm -hmm. 
um, gosh, what else can I say about that? So I continue to record at home. I recorded your um, your various meditation pieces and uh, and your theme music here at home. Um, and feel pretty good about it. Well, yes, and it's a such a benefit to have the system that you have set up right in your home that on a very cold day like today, you didn't have to go anywhere to make that happen. <laughs> yes, there is that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, really, as much as anything, it's that feeling of connection um, because we're, we're also physically disconnected these days oh, yes. and have been for, for nearly a year. Yes. Uh, and even for us introverts, it's been challenging. Um, I see nobody to speak of. I, I go virtually nowhere. Um, but because I have this, because I have music, because I have this, this kind of recording, and, and writing, I should point out too, uh, writing via Zoom is something I've been doing. And pre-production okay. via, pre via Skype. And, um, there, are, there are ways of dealing with, with this pandemic that did not exist in 1918, when all the news that you ever got to hear was um, from a newspaper. Mm-hmm. And these days, no, we're, we have it really actually very well here. We're very well off. Mm-hmm. That was the Spanish flu you were re- referring to? Yes, Spanish mm-hmm. influenza in, uh, what was it, 1917 to 19 or so. Mm-hmm. Around that time, yeah. It spanned for about two or three years, right? Yep. Um, well, that's, uh, that's, you know, I, I'm just amazed. Um, technology amazes me all the time. And especially when I have to learn new pro- programs and, and different things like that. But when we're able to work right at home and do the work that we need to do, uh, that we want to do and that we love to do, and, um, and we're still able to make an income from it, I mean, mm-hmm. we're very, very blessed. I mean, a lot of people can't do that. And um, so, you know, as a brilliant mind as yours and a, and a musical genius that you are, um, hmm. I'm really glad that we live in a time that uh, you have uh, this type of equipment. Uh, me too. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm very glad for it. And yeah, you also, um, you kind of also dabble, or may, maybe that's uh, too weak of a word, but you also um, have just acquired um, uh, something quite special uh, that you have had a hand in uh, building. Did you want to talk about that? Uh, sure. I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to oh you just got it last week oh 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 um yes, <laughs> yes it, i'm sorry that, that. Oh, i didn't have it i didn't have a hand in building it, it oh. um certainly in uh, not uh, i didn't have it. anything to do the yeah, technical yeah. part of it right the- yeah there's a, a luthier named peggy white who built yes a bar- a baritone acoustic guitar for me um which i commissioned uh, about two and a half years ago. Yes. And um, it was just finished the other week. And it's just an amazing thing. Again, if you don't know guitar, um, you wouldn't understand what a baritone means. But if you can picture a violin and a bass and a, where a cello would sit in the middle of those, um, a yes. baritone guitar would sit between a guitar and a bass. So it occupies that kind of the same kind of register as a cello, and it's a it's a wonderful thing. And it's the, the very first piece I recorded on it was for you. Yes, and um, the sound was incredible. 
it 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 touched me at uh, the soul level for sure, and uh, touched my heart uh, in a way that I hadn't expected. And listening to that that piece, um, and and you had worked on that. You've worked on that piece for quite some time, and it yes. was beautiful to hear it on the baritone guitar. And it was something I really wanted to hear on baritone guitar. Uh, I liked it on regular guitar, but but it was the one thing that I I could imagine on baritone guitar, and it really got me to life if I did that. And speaking of life, when I think about this particular guitar, um, it's it's wood from everywhere. It's Italian spruce uh, top, and it's um, Honduras mahogany sides and back from uh, a tree they call the fallen giant um, yeah um, the fretboard is is from is ebony from Gabon and the binding is uh, ebony from India and there's who knows what else in there but there's all sorts of stuff going on with it and I think about trees and and the life they have and and how they persist even when they're they're cut and and all of the vibrations that exist within those woods and um and now i have woods from all over the planet that are vibrating together that's and, uh, that's amazing because they're vibrating at different frequencies really and they're just getting to know each other. Um, they're just getting to know each other. <laughs> really, as a friend uh, <laughs> told me years ago, uh, a new guitar doesn't know it's a guitar yet. It still thinks it's parts of trees. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. But this one, I just feel so much in it. I feel I feel Peggy in it uh, from her building it. And I, uh, as she was building it, her father was dying. And I feel bad in it, too. Um, oh. I, I, I feel the people who cut the wood, um, who, who fell the trees when it was 120 degrees and humid and, yes. and hauled them through the swamp and, um, the, the whole thing just speaks. It's, it's, it's bits and pieces of, of trees that have come together in this one place. And, and when I think further than that, uh, everything, literally every bit of matter that exists uh, comes from stars. Initially, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, because the Big Bang was um, helium, hydrogen, and a little bit of lithium, and all the heavy elements, anything heavier than that comes from stars. And so it's all of these bits of stars from 13 billion years ago that that happened to wind up together in this one guitar and that just amazes me to think of that it's it's ancient and it's new it's ancient and new yes and so the meditation on uh, the website, uh, rondagrantauthor.com, is called The Magic Within uh, that John has composed on this guitar. And it would be beautiful to download that. Um, it's going to be available shortly uh, for people to download on from, directly from the website. Beautiful. And what a wonderful book it is that you've written, too. Um, there, there is so much in there that resonates with me really powerfully and other things that I'm really a little envious of. Uh, I don't have any personal sense of uh, previous lives, but, but as to the rest of it, it uh, there is so much in there that feels very familiar. And, yes. um, and just as an overview too, what what really impresses me about the book is how serene it is. The whole thing, it's gentle, it's serene, it, it never lectures, it informs and it invites, but it's just got this wonderful overall sense of really, I'll, I'll say it again, serenity. And, and it's a beautifully written and congratulations on it. 
Thank you so much, John. And it, I, I love that you have said that because when I was writing it, I was very, what I focused on was the tone. I, I was, the tone of the book was really important to me. I wanted it to be warm and friendly and educational as well. And so I really thank you for that. What a beautiful compliment that, that is. Where it really struck me um, was when you were talking about the accident uh, and your, oh, yes. your near-death experience. And as I was reading about it, I thought, this should be frightening. This should be scary. This should be something. And it's none of those things. It's very serene and accepting and gentle and uh, and and warm. And that that is really a gift to take something like a, a car accident where you get T-boned and, mm-hmm. um, and and give it that kind of a feel. So, um, so yeah, really, it's it's all you. Thank you. I've uh, done some uh, began. I've started my audio book, and um, I, I still uh, find it difficult to read that, um, just because you know it takes you back to that place and that time. And it was a it, it was a scary thing when you when I think back of it, on it, but everything was in slow motion at the time. Everything just you know it's time, right? And depending on where you are and what you're doing, um, you have a sense of time is flying or time is standing still. Uh And for that time, uh, time was at a crawl. Everything happened so slowly. And, um, and when I read it, of course, you can't read it that slowly. (laughs) You've got to, you know, march it along. You got to march it along. But uh, yeah, but thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for that. So one of the things that uh, you and I, we've had conversations and one of the things that we, um, that comes up often, and uh, one of the questions I like to ask my guest is um, what extraordinary things have happened in your life have you experienced oh it, there would be way too many to even begin to to start to recall um there have been umpteen times where i I've, I've known what my wife was going to say or i've known that she was going to phone yes um uh, i've had far too many senses of what was just about to happen. Um, a, a continuing thing. Uh, I live out in the country. Um, and so I drive an awful lot on, on the small highways here. And I almost always know what the car in front of me is going to do. What road they're going to turn down or, well, yeah, exactly that. What road they're going to turn down and where they're going to turn off the highway. Um, I would say about 95 times out of 100. I know just because I wonder about it and I focus on the car ahead of me and I can tell, no, he's going to turn down whatever. And, and they to get, Yeah, and to get these messages, I mean, you have to be in the presence of mind to receive those messages and to know those things, right? Well, I would think so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Being present in general, I think, is just a, a very important place to be. Uh, to be in in whatever the moment happens to be is, I think, where you're supposed to be. Uh, otherwise, you're reliving the past or you're anticipating the future and you've forgotten where you are and what you're doing. Yes, and, exactly. And, the, and whatever the meaning there is in it. Um, I have dogs, and they really keep me in the moment a lot. Um, they need to be walked a lot, and they need to be played with a lot, and they are always present. And um, they are living through this pandemic as well. Yes. Um, but, but, but they don't care because, no. they st- because they're, con- they're more aware of what their freedom is than what their limitations are. 
And that reminds me of how free I am. Um, we go for a walk and they're just excited to stop and smell and stop and look and listen and tussle and, and do what have you. And uh, they don't feel bound. They feel free and they feel here and now, whatever the here and now is, they never complain because it's cold or raining or dark. It's just, hey, look where we get to be. Let's just be here and enjoy everything there is to enjoy about this. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of a continuing lesson for me. Um, otherwise, you know, uh, uh, things I think about, um, one of my favorite quotes about, about music is something I can apply to other things as well. It was um, somebody talking about Bach. And he said, the genius in Bach is that he was inevitable without ever being predictable. And I thought, bingo. Yeah. That describes so much about, about life. Uh, I look at where I am today, sitting in, in my, my loft, as, as I call it, uh, yes. in Eganville, yeah. with sun pouring in through the windows, and thinking, I could not have dreamed of this 20 years ago, or 30 or 40 years ago, it being here now. But when I look back at it, um, it, it's, of course, everything I did, everything I've ever done has led me to here and now. And so there would be the inevitability of it without it ever being the kind of thing I could predict. With that, that said, mm. Mm, pardon? with that said, um, do you feel uh, that your life uh, has been scripted? No, I don't. No, uh, I feel very much that I participated in it. Yes. And I continue to participate. Um, but that every, every choice I make, and they are choices, they are not, they are not scripted, um, leads me to really where I'm supposed to be. Um, I, I could have the choice to be somewhere else, but I'm, I'm not, I'm here. And this is exactly where I want to be and where I belong. Um, so when you started to play music, was there, when you started to play guitar, not music, but when you actually started to play guitar, was there a point where you made a decision that I am going to spend my life doing this? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much before I took guitar up. Frankly, Even before? It was, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew I was going to be a guitarist before I started playing one. And that, that was how I was going to spend my life. <clears throat> and, do you feel that you've been called to do this? Um, I mean, look at all the lives that you've touched. Look at all the... Um, uh, projects that you've worked on and, and, and through that you've touched the lives of many, many people and with your music, with your personality, with your kindness. Um, and so do you feel that, that, that you've been called uh, to do this work, especially uh, when things... Yes start to come together for you as you say where you live right now you've got your recording uh everything set up it, you've just your music has progressed it's changed and it's moved and it's changed again and uh it just keeps on getting better i mean you're not i mean you don't have the connection with band members and you don't have the connection in the studio which you really come alive at with um, but it has changed um, without effort and almost you pre-thought of these things even before COVID happened, right? Um, pre-thought, perhaps I, I was ready for it. Ready for but it, yes. That way, I, was, I was prepared even though I didn't know what I was prepared for. Yeah, that's what so, I'm talking about. Yeah. 
Uh, and as far as being called to it, this is what I have to do. It's there's what no I've always choice. had to do. No, yeah. there's never there... been any other choice. No. And I know that I have, um, I know that with what I've done, I've reached out and touched people with it. Oh, and, yes. And not necessarily because I set out to do that, because I don't think you can do that and do it authentically. No. Uh, that becomes manipulation when you try to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think just by being me and making my compositions as as pure and as um, authentic as is possible, um, those those touch people, and I think they recognize in it um, a particular emotion or a place. That, uh, that that resonates very much with them, uh, or they or they get to feel what I was feeling when I was writing it, and or, uh, and it wakes something up inside of them as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that that may be very much part of the purpose, but um, it it doesn't happen because I try to make it happen. No, it um, just happens. There's a, yeah, yeah, there's a huge difference between uh, the art, the genuine thing, and, and artifice. Um, and stuff that's really structured to be a hit or written to a formula or designed, you know, to be, to be played in a particular radio format or whatever, um, doesn't generally have any kind of effect on me at all, just because it's um, it's not coming from the heart. Yeah, uh, it's coming from a desire to make money by writing a song, and mm -hmm. and, and I'm not thinking about anything when I'm doing this stuff other than getting it right. That's all I'm really thinking about is getting taking the seed I've been given and giving it the right nutrients and, and being patient with it and helping it grow into what it's supposed to be. And I'm not saying my, my, my stuff is particularly fantastic. There's nothing terribly um, mind-blowing about any of it. It's just very real. And that's what um, matters, though. I, well, to me, it does, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one, and that's just wonderful. Where can people reach you, John, if they well, want to reach out be, to you? Mm -hmm. uh, I can be found at um, various email addresses. I'll give you one. Okay. Um, JohnPWGuitar at gmail.com. That would be lowercase J O N. PWGuitar at gmail.com. And I can be found. I, I have copies of both my CDs, which um, I would be happy to send out to anybody who wanted them. Um, and if anybody just wants to talk, quite frankly, oh, I can be found on Facebook. Yes. As, as the only John Park Wheeler, I believe, in existence. Uh, that would be J-O-N-P-A-R-K hyphen W-H-E-E-L-E-R. Um, and my pages are public and um, come on by and visit. Yes, and, and you uh, also have a website? Yes, I have a website, johnparkwheeler.ca. Uh, again, no underscores, no spaces or caps or anything. Uh, J-O-N-P-A-R-K-W-H-E-E-L-E-R dot C-A. And in there is uh, a partial discography and um, some other info, some, some bits of this and that, through which I can be reached. Um, one thing I've decided to do, um, actually speaking about records and, and what have you, um, 
is to write a book based on the persistence of trees. Wow. Um, which I know there's a, it's a fairly short CD, but uh, there's kind of a lot that goes into it. Um, it's, for me, it started wondering about trees and, and where they came from and, and thinking about how trees just don't give up ever, ever. If a seed falls in a crack in a rock, um, it's going to find a way to find uh, water and nutrients and, and send up a, a leaf and start to grow as well as it possibly can, but they just don't quit. Quitting is not built into things that grow. And I think that's a great example for me to, to look at is they don't quit. Why would I quit? Yes. Um, and, and further, uh, I, found, I found it really interesting that going back about three and a half billion years ago, there was an organism called Luca, the last universal common ancestor which was um, an organism with a, a piece of RNA in it that was actually too large to be statistically likely, which is interesting. Make of that what you will. Mm -hmm. At any rate, from that particular organism, which was one of thousands and millions of them that, that were, had come into existence that had very, very short RNA sequences, this one particular one, uh, is the basis of all life on this earth, which means you and me and earthworms and trees and platypuses and chickens and you name it, anything that lives has a common genetic ancestor, which just amazes me. And I thought this explains to me, to some extent, why it is that I can go and sit by the river and listen to the wind going through the, the, the trees and, and feel so connected to it. It's because we're actually related to the, mm -hmm. the plants and everything. You know, one of, I don't know if you feel this, John, but uh, different times, I've come across many uh, bodies of water when I've been doing the work that I do. And there's a lot of depot lakes here uh, near where I live. And when I go down to the dock on one of those lakes and I stand there, I can feel that body of water. And that body of water, if it's fifth depot lake, feels very, very different from third depot lake. And for some reason, there's a part of me that can distinguish and I even can tell the depth of the lake by just standing there and knowing if it's a deep lake or not. And I mean, very deep. And, and, and lakes that are really deep really scare me. Uh, mm -hmm. Like the Finger Lakes. Um, they, some of them are over 900 feet deep. And, yes. and I've boated on those lakes and been healthy afraid. Um, about being on a deep lake like that. I don't know where these feelings and thoughts come from, but I just have that ability. And I wondered, like, when you when you sit at the the, the falls there where you are and, and that water's rushing down, if you go to another place and there's water rushing, let's say in Elmont, uh, where the mm -hmm. island is and the water's rushing down over those those rocks, that water feels different there than it would feel at your place. I don't mean touch feel, I mean the feel of it, the sound of it. Yeah, um, this, this stretch of river I live on is um, very dear to me. It feels like no other place um, I've ever been. Yes. Um, the, the bit of river right in front of us never freezes because uh, the water is too fast. Um, this this has a completely different feel from any other water I can even think of. Yes, and uh, I, I look at it often, and I and I look at the water and think this water has been around for 
who knows how many billions of years. And it keeps on forming and reforming and rushing down this river. So, and I wonder, is it the same river? Because the water is always different. Mm-hmm. We could talk so, for a very, we could talk for a very long time, but I think I have to wrap up. Mm-hmm. And um, was there something more you wanted to say, John? Oh, I'm sure I'll be, I'm sure I'll think of it later. Yes. Uh, but I would like to say thank you very much for having me on your show and, and best of luck with it. Best of luck with your book. Best of luck with your website. Um, that was what Rhonda Grant author. Dot com. Yes. Rhonda and, Grant. Yeah. Um, and, and all the best. And I hope to see you in person again one of these times. It's been, um, we met each other a very long time ago and haven't seen each other in person in a very long time. And here we are reconnected again. Yes. No coincidence there at all. No coincidence. Well, there's a lot of synchronicities that have brought us together and brought us to where I am now with my podcast. And thanks to you uh, for reaching out to uh, uh, Lisa McDonald and Lisa McDonald and I connecting. And uh, here I am uh, with my own podcast show that I never would have thought ever would have happened in a million years. And uh, so thanks to you, John. that's just wonderful. We've had a lot yeah. of synchronicities that ha- have happened. Oh, we have. And really, your podcast, I mean, I look at where you are now, and I think how inevitable that is, too. Not predictable, not at all, but inevitable that you should be here right now doing this. Thank you. It feels right. Mm-hmm. It certainly does feel right. So you can reach John, my friend, and my musician friend, John Park Wheeler, John without the H, at um, johnparkwheeler.ca, and uh, that's his website. I'm at rondagrantauthor.com. You may enjoy our meditations there as well as many things. Um, it's a teaching website, and uh, it's, a be- it's been beautifully done. So thank you to my extraordinary guest, John. And uh, this is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life. So I'm inviting you to look for all the magical forces within yourself today. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. 